The following message is from Westway Christian Church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. If you'd like to know more about us, go to westwaychurch.com. Thank you for listening. So this morning, we are, um, we've been planning this for quite some time. We're really excited to have one of the missions that Westway um, currently supports and has supported for a really long time. Um, so as we kind of looked at what our summer schedule will look like, um, we booked uh, Connie Wicks um, to come. And we're just going to share um, just some conversation with you about what she's doing, what her ministry looks like, because um, we want to be responsible to you, our church body. We know that you support us financially. We know that you support our missions financially. And this is a great opportunity to connect with one of them um, when she's here. So if you'll welcome Connie up to the front with me, that would be awesome. Well, before we, before we begin, I'm just going to read Romans 10, 14 to 15. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So, Connie, you have been a messenger um, that Westway has supported for, uh, for decades, um, for decades at this point. For those of you who, who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the ministry that you lead in South Africa? Okay, morning, everyone. It's really good to be here with you today. I know um, many in the church knew both my parents, Stuart and Marilyn Cook, and uh, Westway was actually my mom's home church, starting out at church at... Church at Bryant, then moving to Westway. So uh, the church here has actually supported our ministry since 1966. So it's a very, very long time and a long history with the church. Um, my parents' lives were totally devoted to serving the Lord. My dad was actually from Wheatland, Wyoming, and he came to Platte Valley Bible College, and he was the first graduate of Platte Valley Bible College. And at the age of 18, he started preaching in the church at Lyman. And my mom joined him a few years later when they got married. And they grew the church in Lyman. I was looking at a, a, um, a newspaper article saying they had record attendance during the time and everything. And they really loved the church there. And then in uh, about 1957, they were called to go to Casper, Wyoming and start a new church there. So they went and planted a church there, and in about 1965, they were at a church camp, and there was a missionary, Al Hamilton, um, who was there as the uh, mission person that week from South Africa. So both my parents ended up very, very convicted that whole week about needing to go to South Africa, so they no sooner it got back from camp, then they made plans, and in 1966, packed up everything, including me and my sister. I was six years old at the time. Kathy was four years old, and we went to the other side of the world. And it wasn't very easy for family here um, in those days. It was reel-to-reel tapes. You had to book international calls, <laughs> write email letters. But anyway, they ended up in Johannesburg. It's the largest city in in South Africa, 
and church planted there, and they, and they started everything that went with the church, um, Bible studies, encouraging people, mentoring, counseling, um, just um, making new disciples during this time. We did come back for about a year and a half, and my dad uh, uh, taught for a semester at Platte Valley, and then went to Hayes uh, College to get his master's degree. And then we went back and ended up in a different part of Johannesburg. The church that he had first planted was still continuing. And we ended up in a different area where he started up again with a new church in that area. And my parents were also people that always had an open house. So we always had someone or other staying with us. And we had a four-bedroomed house, and it was very, very full with various people. So my mom decided she wanted to pray for a bigger house. And if anyone knew my mom, I think... Everyone that knew my mom knew she had like a direct line to heaven. You know, she was a real prayer warrior and her prayers were always answered. And anyway, the Lord answered her prayer in um, giving us a place that had 40 bedrooms. So it was form former um, single quarters of one of the mines in Joburg. So we moved there and my dad decided, okay, that's great. He's going to start up a Bible college. It's going to be called Aletheia, which means truth in Greek. And he was going to start teaching and mentoring uh, people in the Bible. Well, the Lord had different plans for them. Because no sooner did they move there, then um, people would come and they say, you know, we have this person and they have this problem. They need a place to stay. Or, you know, we have this homeless person. They need a place to stay. So these 40 bedrooms started filling up with various people with various needs. And we had to move out of this about two years later and ended up in an 80-bedroomed place. And this is, was on the edge of Hillbrow, which is one of the roughest areas in Joburg City Centre. And this started a ministry that lasted about 27 years of inner-city ministry. So it was a lot of counselling. We had church on Sundays, Bible studies, devotions every night. Um, counseling people all the time. You had homeless, you had drug addicts, you had um, abused women, you had alcoholics, people coming into the country from Rhodesia at, at the time of the change there. So over the 27 years, we saw all sorts of things and dealt with all sorts of things. And it was really heavy counseling all the time. And at this time, um, by this time, obviously my sister and I had grown up and got married and I had moved with my husband and four sons at the time. We had three biological, one adopted. And we moved down to East London, which is about 10 hours away from Joburg. And we lived there for nine years. We loved it. It was on the coast. The boys grew up doing water sports. Um, it's just really nice, easygoing place to live. And then his business started going downhill. And things were getting worse and worse. And so we were really praying and asking the Lord what he wanted us to do, where he wanted us to go. But, you know, we wanted to stay on the coast. We didn't want to go anywhere else. And then I opened my Bible the one day and got the verse, I will put a ring in your nose and a bit in your mouth and lead you back to where you came from. And so we very reluctantly went back to Joburg. And within two weeks, we were just sucked back into the ministry there and and doing ministry work, helping the um, building was sold at this time so that my dad could um, 
get out of this heavy, heavy counselling that they were doing all the time to concentrate on writing his books. And so the building was sold. We helped move all the people that were staying in the 80 rooms to different places and ended up in a big house. And shortly after this, then my parents decided they were going to move to Falvata where they had a property that they had bought many years before and my dad had spent 10 years building a house for them there and it was meant to be like a retreat from the city for them. And so they decided to move up there permanently so it would be quieter for my dad to write his books. And this is where my mom actually got involved with Letabo Kids Club that many of you have heard, heard of. It was a soup kitchen and all these kids would come in the from the township and come to the soup kitchen every week and she soon decided, well, I can start telling these kids Bible stories when they're here. And so that's what she did. And before long, it um, changed from being soup that the kids were given to peanut butter and jam sandwiches and a glass of milk, which was a real treat for the kids and they loved that more <laughs> than the soup. And she would have 300 to 500 kids um, attend every Wednesday to Kids Club. And this is a ministry that carried on for many, many years. And in the meantime, um, in Joburg, we continued under the name of Alathia because we had become a, a, got a non-profit organization number. We could get donations, could get our tax exempt, that sort of thing. So we just continued under the Ministry of Mission to ESA, but we, we uh, were in... Uh, Joburg and our ministry also turned more to child ministry and that's been our focus for 22 years is ministering to children uh, teaching them about Jesus planting the seeds in their in their lives that they can have a biblical worldview and grow up to know Jesus um, and hopefully what's um, taught to them while they're young will stay with them for the rest of their lives perfect that, uh, that was good, but you <laughs> forgot the most important thing. How did you and your family get to South Africa? Oh, okay. okay, we were on an old freighter ship, so it wasn't a cruise ship. It was an old freighter ship. I think there was only about eight paying passengers, and we were 28 days at sea with no land. I think we saw a spot of land one day that was very exciting, but can you imagine my poor mom trying to keep a six-year-old and a four-year-old entertained for 28 days at sea <laughs> and keep us from falling overboard as well. <laughs> what, um, so what are the different aspects of, of the ministry? And because I know there's, there's like mission to South Africa, there's Alathea ministries. What are, what are the different aspects of the ministry and, and, and how do they function and what do they do? Yeah. So basically, basically the two um, main aspects of the ministry is um, the ministry my mom was doing in Falvato with um, Kids Club. And this is, you know, they started out with kids, and they, they start out on the backs of their older siblings. So they're tiny babies when they start coming to Kids Club. And many of them have grown up, and now we have young men that are leading Kids Club that grew up in Kids Club. And they're leaders in the area. Um, Godfrey, who's the um, main leader of Kids Club, he and a couple of young guys have actually started a church in the area. So they are leaders in that area in Kids Club. So that, that's a very um, big aspect in Falvata. Unfortunately, we had to close due, due to COVID because we're having three to 500 kids. So, you know, there's no ways to do social distancing and because of restrictions, we closed it. But we are open, uh, we've now opened up a Sunday Kids Club and that's grown to about 120 children now. 
So it's growing steadily and we're hoping now that all restrictions are gone that we can start up with Wednesdays again soon. And we do do uh, Bible studies on a Saturday. There's two groups, uh, one for younger kids and one for the older youth. And these are normally guys that have grown up in kids club and just getting more in-depth in depth studies on a Saturday. And those, group, those run from 20 to 40 kids. And then in Johannesburg, we are involved with six um, underprivileged daycare centers. So these are run by Christian ladies who just feel the importance of an early education for children that have been very disadvantaged and not had this in the past. So they want to give the kids a good education. And then we go in, every day of the week, we go to a different one and we do Bible stories there. And we also uh, support them with food and anything else. There's a whole lot of different things that go with, with what's going on. And feeding is a big part in, of what we do in both, both places in many different ways. Now, you were saying earlier today that your number gets passed around to different people um, for, for additional daycares. And you kind of shared a story. And I, I always um, surprise Connie with questions. This is just what I do. Um, so I just thought that was a really great story. So your number gets passed around. Yeah. So talk a little bit about kind of what you yeah. shared in that. Yeah. So earlier this year, this lady contacted me because uh, we have four daycare centers in Soweto and one in Bertrams, which is sort of Joburg City Center that we've been involved with for many years now. And this lady sent me a message and she said, hi, I've, I've got a daycare center and I need help. So I messaged her back and I said, well, you know, we spread quite thin. Um, I don't know how much help we can give you. What sort of help do you need? And she sent me this whole long list of things they need for the daycare and food was one of them. And so I said, well, I don't know how much we can do, but we will come and we'll pray with you. So we went the one Thursday morning. We bought a bag of mealy meal. Mealy meal is like cornmeal and it's the staple food over there. And um, the blacks will eat it three times a day sometimes. They'll have it as a porridge in the morning and thick, like it almost looks like mashed potatoes. They'll have that as the main part of their meal for lunch and, and supper if they have three meals a day. Sometimes they only have one or two meals a day. Anyway, so we uh, took a mealy meal. So we went and she has about six little kids and they're three years old and under. So she's got real babies. So we prayed with her and we said, okay, we'll come every week. We can't help you very much. We, you know, we stretched quite thin, but we will come every week and we will pray with you. So after a week or two, we thought, okay, we'll start teaching some songs to the little kids. So here we are all jumping around and singing the active kids songs and they're just staring at us with big eyes. <laughs> and they now eventually, a couple of them are starting to do their actions with us as well. And, and we've now also started doing the Bible story with them. And we just find it very exciting because these kids have obviously never had this. And it's all very, very new to them. And we're starting with them from the time they're babies. So hopefully for the next four or five years until they go to school, they will be able to hear the gospel every single week. And this is very exciting for us. So I think you just answered the question, but what, what aspect of your ministry do you enjoy the most? Okay, obviously I enjoy the, uh, the kids the most and, you know, just working with the children, whether the, it's the children in Joburg that are five years and younger, you know, they're just so, so fun and so special and 
so innocent or going up to kids club in Farvata and being with all the kids there and just interacting with them I think is the greatest thing to do and I just love working with the children um, an example of why they're such fun is Mornay was telling the Bible story I think it was a couple years ago about um, creation so you know obviously he was doing all the animals that God had created with all the sound effects and everything and then we got to, he got to the sixth day. So he says to the kids, what is missing? Meaning man, obviously. So one little boy popped up, a crocodile. <laughs> you know, when we have stories with angels in, then they think they're butterflies and things like that. But it's a lot of fun working with kids, and I really enjoyed that the most. Yeah, one of the things that I really like about what's happening in South Africa, working with, working with children in particular, is just that intergenerational piece. And that's, that's something that's really important for us here at Westway, is, is equipping parents and families to make disciples at home. And that's why we focus so much on kids. Yeah. Um, I've heard you, Connie came to our home Thursday night for our small group and talked, and I heard her talk about it here uh, earlier today. But... Um, you talked about how if we, can, if we can teach kids the gospel young, it won't just change their lives, but it will, it will change the shape of their nation. Yeah. And that's not, just a, like, that's not just a South Africa thing. Yeah. I think it can be really easy for us to um, you know, sort of lament the state of culture and lament the state of our nation and our world. And the key is... The keys to the gospel, the transforming power of Jesus Christ, is, is going to make the difference. It's not going to be something else that makes a change. So, so to be able to connect in a ministry yeah. like this and to continue to support a ministry like this as a church, this is, this is really important for us um, to be able to support um, what, you guys, what you guys are doing. What, is, what are some of the hardest parts of your ministry? Well, um, I just think over the years, we often come up with um, very difficult situations in the ministry. We've, we've dealt with people that have blind children or children that have physical disabilities and just trying to help them, um, you know, get the help they needed because our hospitals are, are terrible and sometimes they just can't even get to a hospital. So we've dealt with things like that, dealing with... Um, uh, I, I think Satan just attacks us all the time in so many different ways. And this year has really been a challenging year for us, um, not only personally with family issues, I think for each one of us, but also physically, you know, and I think those things are very taxing. Before I left, I was saying to Gaty and Helen, I really need you two to be well while I'm away because they carry on with the, the ministry in Joburg. And just praying, okay, please just be okay. Neither one of you get sick. Every single week, it's been one thing after another be between the one getting ending up in hospital the first week, Helen having a chest infection the second week, uh, Getty's had a pink eye of all things, and <laughs> they've just had one thing after another. And so I, I think we, we really get attacked by Satan. So I, I think we must be doing something right. But that's one of the most challenging parts is just all these things that come up to try and derail us all the time. Mm -hmm. So, Connie, you were last here in 2019, and we've had a lot. There's obviously a lot's gone on with COVID and your mom's passing last year. What, what have been some particular, like just thinking about the challenges of, of those two things, um, 
Like how has, how has COVID impacted the ministry into your mom's passing? Like how, 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 how are, I guess, how are you doing in the midst of this? I really like what you said at the end. And this is another question I'm springing on her. I like what you said at the end, like you're a real person. Yeah. And it's very easy for us when we, when we see mission updates or we, or we hear Connie talking about these things, it can be easy for us to forget that, that, that you're a person. Yeah. Um, you have kids, you have grandkids. How, how are you, like, how are you doing? Am I? How are you doing? Um, I think I'm doing fine. I'm, luckily, I think the Lord's given me a type of personality where I learn to be flexible. I learn to roll with the punches. I try and face whatever comes up against me. Obviously, sometimes it's not that easy. Um, last year was very difficult with, with my mom. Her Parkinson's had um, progressed to the point where we had to bring her down from the farm. I wanted, to, I wanted her to stay in Falvata as long as possible, and I know she wanted to stay in Falvata as much as possible because her passion was the children and her passion was the work that she did. And when we brought her down to Joburg, she, um, she went downhill very quickly. And so we had from end of June to beginning of November just dealing with, dealing with her, having her in our home, caring for her and being for her, and that was really, really hard. And um, even now we miss her a lot, um, but we know that she's with the Lord and with my dad and everything. And also during COVID, um, especially uh, 2020, you know, our whole country went into a very, very hard lockdown from March for about five weeks. People couldn't go anywhere. Everyone had to stay at home. Only people allowed out were essential workers. We were luckily considered essential workers because of the food donations we were receiving and the distribution we did. Um, but it was hard because we, we were feeding people and everything, but because we couldn't do the ministry and we couldn't gather, you know, we just really felt um, like our hands were really tied during this time and it was really tough and we were so happy once things were, be able, were able to start up again, even in a limited way. But during this time, I, I had a, well, I've had for a while, I've had a, a WhatsApp group with all the daycare teachers on it and all of our team on it. And we just, um, I send out a devotional to them every day, so just to encourage them and, and help them. But um, it has been a challenging two years, but I think we've been coping and I've been coping and I'm doing fine. <laughs> Well, one of the things I talked with Pastor Joe about very quickly after, um, you know, you mentioned, you, how many grandkids do you have? Five and one on the way. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so one of the things that we do here at Westway for grandparents in particular is we have a grandparenting summit where we do a simulcast. So Joe and I are going to figure out a way to try and get you some content from that. Um, as long as it's not the middle of the night for me, just remember right. yep. eight hour. <laughs> I, so Connie and I uh, talk about once every couple months through that WhatsApp app. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what WhatsApp is, it's what everyone else uses around the world to communicate. Okay. Um, so I, I contact with her and usually every time I start that conversation, I have her remind me of what the time difference is. Um, yeah. So what, um, how, how has God been speaking to you lately, kind of at this, at this point in your ministry, at this point in, in your career as a missionary, kind of where you are, uh, maybe where you are personally, how, how has God been speaking to you lately? Well, I think the, the one main message 
I got, and especially last year, and it just continues up to now, was the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Um, they're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And, you know, when my mom was um, there with us and I would play hymns for her during the day, it was so often that that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, would come, come up. And, you know, I'd be writing a newsletter and, and I'd hear that song in the background and, and just that story, you know, um, just his mercies are new every morning and every morning we wake up, we have a new day in which we can serve the Lord and, and do the best that we can do. And I think that is the main thing. You know, the Lord is always there no matter what's going on in your life. He is faithful. And, you know, I've really had to sometimes trust that he is faithful and, and be reminded of that. How is, so keeping with this kind of concept, like that you're a real person, because um, you, I love that. I, I love that you had to remind us of that. Um, how is your personal fake faith and walk with God being fed? Like, how do you, how do you like sort of maintain that relationship with God? What does that, what does that look like for you? Obviously be, you know, I make sure that I do my own personal devotions every single morning. Now I wake up at 5am to do it because at night time I fall asleep doing it. I'm too tired by the end of the day. And if I don't get it done early in the morning before the craziness of the day, um, it's very difficult to try and fit it in. So I do my personal devotions, and I also um, try and encourage, you know, our, our team members as well as the staff that work at the farm, encourage them with daily devotions as well. And then I do go to a, a local church. So when I'm in Joburg, not up at the farm or wherever, um, in Falvato, should I say, um, I go to a local church, a very nice uh, Bible-based church, very similar to the church here, and um, lovely people. I'm part of the welcome team there, which I enjoy. And we're we are a small church. Uh, we were doing pretty well before COVID, but it's really um, changed a lot since COVID. But uh, um, I really love the messages that we hear. And, and we did, the whole of last year, we did the Gospel of Mark, you know, and they'll preach even just on one verse out of Mark at a time, you know, can you imagine the whole gospel of Mark through a whole year, but that's what they, they you're tend welcome. to do. We only, we only took three months, so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so that really encourages me and uplifts me as well. I love that you said, um, so spending time in scripture, spending time with the gathered word, and this ought to sound familiar to all of us at Westway, and then serving. Um, especially that last one, you know, we might, we might tend to think, well, Connie's a missionary, so, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't have to serve in the church because she, her life is serving. And I love that. I love that part of your, part of your discipleship is, is serving, even though that's what you do 24 seven, it's still it's, it's still serving and it's still, it's still something that's really important to you to serve in the local church. Um, I know we talked about this a little earlier. So I've been on a number of short-term trips and served in different ways and always going into those kind of my mindset was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to help someone else learn. I'm going to help someone else become a disciple. I'm going to teach what it means to be a disciple to this other person and they're going to gain knowledge 
And, and every time I've come away from those, like I always felt like I got more out of that interaction than, than anything that I had to offer. Um, how has, so how have you been blessed by God um, through your ministry to other people? I think, um, you know, just especially like say with the teachers in the daycare centers and um, even my team, Getty and Helen, you know, when we're discussing the Bible story that we're doing for the week and the lessons that can be learned from it, you know, and they'll have questions that they may have about it or lessons that they learn about it. And just discussing with them and, and interacting with them, I think, helps feed my faith as well. And often we'll get questions where you have to really look up to think, what do I feel about this? Or how do, how do I, you know, I tell people about this and what is my opinion? So I think I learn new things all the time as well. So learning from people that you are supposed to be <laughs> discipling, yeah. that, that's a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's one of the really great things about, about our faith. And when we have this mindset of serving others is also, like we often ask this question, what am I going to get out of this? Um, which is a weird question for, for Christians to, to ask. Um, because we, the real answer is we may not actually get something out of it. Like that shouldn't be our motivation yet. We do. And I just think that's such a grace. Cause I imagine you get, I imagine you grow in your discipleship by being around three year olds who need peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, it is. Yeah. Even if it challenges your, it challenges your patience probably. And I'm glad I'm not a, a 24, you know, every day of the week, uh, daycare teacher. I really, really admire them. A few hours every morning is enough for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. You've also obviously been faced some, faced some hardship because of the choices that you and your family have made over the last decades. What have been, what have been some of those hardships and just, just about like being in the ministry, what, what have been some of the hardships that you've faced because of the way that you've dedicated your life to this particular thing, other than moving away from the coast, which I would love to do that. I would never do that. Um, but what, what, are some of the, what, are, what are some of the hardships that you and your family have faced because of the commitment that you've made to the Lord in your, in your ministry and your mission? Well, I think, um, you know, people don't become missionaries to get rich. I'll just say that. <laughs> you know, so often financial hardships are a time where we really have a, a trust in the Lord tested, you know, especially when it comes to the end of the month and you have uh, debit orders coming off your account and there's no money in the account. Uh, so, you know, we often, we often find that we get tested in that way a lot. But just uh, personally, you know, I've, have, you know, I've got four sons and there's just been, a, we've had a lot of um, personal issues in our family which is a time where I can really, I really try to say, you know, I'm praying for you. Just trust the Lord in this situation to be able to work through it, um, to see healing in some cases, um, just mending relationships or, or building relationships. And, you know, we just, you know, just dealing with things in that way, I think, is a very trying at times. Well, you know, buddy, I think this is a really good thing for us to hear that as much as Connie, Connie's a real person 
Um, she has real, real issues and real issues with her family, just like every one of us do. And I think an example of just telling your kids you're praying for them and how can I pray, I think those things are really powerful. Um, and these are good reminders for us as we think about how can we support the missions and the ministries um, more faithfully beyond just our financial giving, remembering that they face the same things um, that we do uh, would be Pray really support help. is very important. Yeah, would be really helpful. Um, is there something? Um, is there something that would make your life uh, easier or more fulfilling over overseas? Like, is there? Like a, maybe a tangible thing, like something we can do or kind of, and I know prayers, I don't want to say prayers intangible because that's probably the most, that is the most important yeah. thing. But is there, is there something, you know, as you think like, boy, this would really make my life easier if. Yeah, well, one thing, and I never, I never like to ask for anything for us personally. It's, um, it's very difficult for me to do. And I, I feel my life is very fulfilled. I, I'm grateful for what I have and. When I work with the people that I work with, I often go home and think, mm, I can have butter and peanut butter on my sandwich, where there's some of the teachers that they say they have butter on their bread one day and peanut butter on their bread the next day to make it last through the month. So, you know, I think we, we're very blessed in many ways. But something that's a real challenge at the moment is um, our power supply mm. um, in the country, we've got a huge power crisis. And just this past week, we've went up to stage six of load shedding. Load shedding is where they turn off different areas for a certain amount of time every day. So it'll normally be about two hours you'll go off. And stage one, you may go off once a day, and stage two, two times a day for two hours. Well, you get up to stage six, which they've had this past week, and you're going off like three times a day for two to four hours at a time. It can be very, very difficult to plan your day or to do anything, to work on your computer, to have Wi-Fi, to cook in supper, that sort of thing. And, and one thing we don't have is a generator. And I think, you know, um, it would really be great if we could get a generator. I think it would make our lives a lot easier in, in times when it's like this. Um, so, but, but otherwise, we, we make do and we're grateful for what we have. And um, we just, we really feel blessed by the Lord in so many ways. So very similar question. What do you wish you could ask for from your supporters and from extended family? Well, I, I think the big thing, and this is why I'm visiting here now, especially since my mom passed away last year. And a lot of people, you know, the ministry started with my parents and and they were support, a lot of the church has been supporting her and my dad since 1966, 1967. And, you know, I would just ask that we continue to be supported, even though my mom isn't there anymore and my dad isn't there anymore. The ministry is carrying on and we're still doing what they were doing and we're still, you know, spreading the gospel. We're still working with the children. And if we lose any more support, um, you know, I don't know how we would be able to carry on. So I think that's a, a big part of what we do. And um, also, uh, just prayer support. We, we have three pastors up in Venda, which is far northern parts of South Africa, that we have been supporting with food for feeding projects for um, many, many years now. 
And Pastor Sam died in 2020 of COVID. His brother and mother died in the same week as him. And his wife is carrying on with the ministry in that area. And we try to send them a little bit of money every month to help buy food for the, the children and the people that they're feeding. They're in a very, very rural, very poor part of the country. We've helped them with water tanks in the past because they don't, there's no water in the area. You know, people have to push wheelbarrows, you know, a kilometer down the road to get water for their homes. So just support for them would be great as well. This kind of ties into what I said a little bit earlier um, today. Our Connie is, um, they're not making disciples of Connie and Stuart and Marilyn weren't making disciples of Stuart and Marilyn. So one of the things that, that, that our commitment is as a church body is regardless of, of who's in charge of what's taking place in South Africa, our desire is to support them as, as much as we possibly can. Because um, I know that I know that is a real challenge. We've talked about that a number of times, just with your mom um, having passed away, um, facing some some different things from different churches, and we want to we want to continue to come alongside them and support them, and then also think about um, you know kind of as as Connie thinks about what her next stage of her ministry and her life looks like, how how can we come alongside them as a as a church and as a mission, and and ensure that there is longevity. Um, beyond what we currently see. And this is something we're going to actually be talking about as a church at the beginning of 2023 is, is, is kind of what, where, where do we see God taking us as a church? Where, does, where do we see God? Where do you see God taking um, Aletheia Ministries? And how, how can we support that on, on the big picture? Um, so you're getting ready to go home. You are. Um, so what does the next week look like for you? And then two final questions and your interrogation is over for the day. <laughs> Well, my cousin Pam um, is here to pick me up to take me back to Casper, and um, it'd be great if you meet Pam, because she's our forwarding agent, so she's, she's the person on this side that you deal with, and she's taking me back to Casper, and tomorrow morning we're going to Cody, Wyoming, to, to visit cousins of my dad, and uh, just have a couple of days visiting family, and then back down to Casper doing a few things there, and then on Saturday we drive down to Wheatland, Wyoming. Wheatland was my dad's home church and hometown, and so we'll be in Wheatland next Sunday, and then I'll head down to Denver on Monday. Fly out, midnight flight, if there is a midnight flight, I'm on Delta, so we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> that's another point for prayer. Um, I'm going to be flying uh, back to Virginia and just spending two nights with my uncle and aunt in Virginia before I head home. And then on the 14th, I'll be flying home. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. As you prepare to head back, um, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing, seeing everyone, seeing, seeing my family, seeing the team, seeing... Well, you know, being back at the daycare centers, I've really missed everyone, and I know they've missed me as well. So, um, really looking forward to that. Another another thing, I got a, a message this morning from Pinky, from one of the daycare centers, and a little boy in the daycare died today. I asked how he died, and she just said he had problems with his large muscles and he couldn't walk. So I don't know what that means. You know, you go to our government hospitals and they're not very good at explaining to people what actually is wrong. But, you know, just pray for P 
Pinky and Kanya Daycare and for the family of this little boy that died. Um, it's really sad. He's probably about four or five years old. Anything as a real person you're not looking forward to going back to? Um, my bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> That's bottom of my list. <laughs> I was um, very stressed trying to get things ready for our financial year end, which is March, before I left, and getting everything on my computer. My computer bookkeeping system was saying, critical update needed, because my, my computer at home is very old. But since I've been here, I've been blessed with a, a new little laptop that has the, all the updates that I need. But um, I'll probably be four months behind in bookkeeping when I get back. And it's not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so I'm dreading that. Well, um, I want to invite you uh, after our 10.15 today. Um, we'll have Connie and Pam um, just be up front here if you would just like to visit with them. Um, I know they have information about how you can support them directly. Uh, we support Alethea Christian Missions and um, South Africa, Mission to South Africa through our general fund giving. And I'll talk more about that um, here in a couple minutes. But if you want to minister and you want to, you want to help support them directly, um, there'll be some ways for them to talk to you about what that looks like after today. Um, so if you have your communion element with you, I would encourage you um, to take that out. One of the things that, that we do in our small group on Thursday nights, when I remember, um, and that's key, when I remember we have, we have communion together, and just as I was, as I was thinking about, about communion today and, and how this brings unity with Christians and in remembering what Jesus has done for us, just what an incredible opportunity that we have to celebrate communion with someone from, from the other side of the world. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I think of South Africa, like it's, it is, it's the other side of the world to me. I think there are so many, there are so many things that are, that, that separate us um, from the rest of the world. Um, there are so, so many things that, uh, that, that Connie and I uh, don't have in common. Um, because of where she lives and because of where I live and what her context is and what my context is. And I think about all of the people that have become followers of Christ through the ministry um, of, of Connie and Stuart and Marilyn and, and your whole family and all of your team. Um, you know, there are so many things that separate us. And yet the strangest thing um, is that we, we actually, as Christians, we have more in common with someone who is going to become a Christian tomorrow through Alethea International Ministries, through Mission to South Africa. We have more in common with that person than we do with someone who lives down the street from us who's not a believer and maybe like we just like the same football team, right? We have more in common with that person because of their relationship with Christ and our relationship with Christ. That is such an incredible unifier for us to know that, that we worship the same Lord. And that little boy or that little girl who's going to come to Christ tomorrow in South Africa, we worship the same Lord. And when we celebrate communion together, that's what we're, that's what we're celebrating. We're remembering what Jesus has done for us. And we are participating in unity with other believers all around the world. So if you will take out your bread 
This is Christ's body that's broken and given for you. And then this cup represents Christ's blood, which is poured out for you. Will you pray with me? Father, I'm so thankful that we have the opportunity to to spend this time with Connie today. I ask that her her trip here has been fruitful. I ask that she will leave the U.S. encouraged and positive, even though she has four months of bookkeeping to do. Um, She talked earlier about your steadfast love for her. And as she's, as she's faced and her family is faced and the ministry there has faced so many challenges and hardships over the past couple years, I just pray, God, that they would cling to your steadfast love. Pray for this family who's, who's lost this little child. That they would know of your steadfast love. That the things that uh, Connie's team would, would say to to a parent or to a family member would proclaim you, would help them see you at work even in the midst of this incredible challenge today. We pray for safe travel. I pray that we, God, would search our own, search our own hearts and think how we might continue to support what Connie and her team are doing in South Africa. And in the midst of all of that, help us to remember that it's not about them. It's not about us. It's about you. And it's about what you're accomplishing. And we just get to be your hands and your feet. And like the word says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So help us to be willing to be goers to be supporters, and to be doers of your word. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.